G'day everyone and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David Brown and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. For more information about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. Today's sermon focuses on Pentecost and the account in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 21, which says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd became, came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. So this is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we've reached our final sermon in the Take Back Sunday series. And what a great reading to finish on in Acts 2, where it's sometimes claimed as the birth of the church. But in verse 1, we see that the church already exists. A small gathering of disciples, no more than 12 people, are sitting in a small room. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. Pentecost was a harvest festival day when Jews from all over the world would come to thank God for the first fruits of the harvest and pray. It happened 50 days or seven weeks, seven times seven is 49 and seven is God's number after the Pentecost, after the Passover, which was on a Sunday. So today we're literally looking at the day God took back Sunday. On that day, the church is praying in a small room for fear of getting discovered. Now, God-loving people from all over the known world are in Jerusalem to pray to God, but they don't know Jesus. And so all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit rests on the disciples and God takes back Sunday. So today we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit reverses two curses in Acts 2 and empowers the church to stand up and speak out. Now, if there's one word I've been saying more than any other at the moment, it's restrictions. 
The word at the moment is the world at the moment is so restricted. Our travel is restricted. Our our world is restricted. Our activities and even our worship is restricted. But in looking at Acts 2, we see that restrictions have always been around. The disciples are meeting in a closed off room restricted from the outside world. Throughout the Bible, we see that while we live in a blessed world, we also live under the restrictions of curses. In Genesis 11, two, the people of the world come together and build a tower to try and make gods of themselves. They build a high tower and try to force their way into heaven by their own strength. But God in his mercy confuses their languages or tongues and the building project stops. The tower is called the Tower of Babel because there God confused the words of the people so they can't understand each other. But as God takes back Sunday, the curse of Babel is reversed. Look with me at verse 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of a sudden, the walls of the room where the disciples are meeting seem to melt away. And they're in the temple where people from all over the world can hear them. And not only can they hear them, but they can understand them. Look at verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, they said. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What this means is that on that day, the Holy Spirit took back Sunday. The curse of Babel was reversed and restrictions in communication were overcome. The people were amazed to hear ordinary blokes from the sticks speaking in distant languages all at once. And what are they saying? Well, they're praising God, of course. They're telling the wonders of God. They're talking about how Jesus died for all people so that everyone could come to him and find new understanding and reconciliation with God and with the world around them. Friend, this is the challenge for the church today. As the disciples throw off their fear and restrictions and stand up for Jesus, they show the world that Jesus died for everybody. With race riots erupting in the wake of the death of George Floyd in the US and countries trading insults left, right and centre, we as the church have the opportunity to cross cultural barriers, to speak a universal truth in distant languages and declare the wonders of God. Here is the challenge of Pentecost for the church today. Though we still live in a world cursed by sin and misunderstanding, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stand. We can stand for unity and inclusivity and for reconciliation. The Venerable Bede once wrote, At Pentecost, God caused his saints to glow red for the church like a lamp, in whom with fire as teacher... Love might settle in their senses and heat seethe words in their mouths. God scattered the many-sided lamps onto the diverse globe in order that, like a torch spread out, new light of faith might fill all the fields with starry virtues under each region. At Pentecost, we remember how the Holy Spirit empowered the church to unite all people under God by speaking of God's salvation. 
As the church is empowered to stand up and praise God, Peter sees his opportunity to speak out. What is incredible, as I've said before in this series, is that Peter denied Jesus three times just seven weeks before. Here Peter is empowered to stand and to speak. So he speaks truth. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter sees this new thing God is doing and he jumps right on board. He uses the attention this outburst of praise has gathered and boldly and passionately proclaims that here another curse is being broken. This time the curse of Eden. In Eden, Adam and Eve lived in a beautiful garden where they had everything they wanted. Sadly, they thought they could have all God's good gifts without needing the giver. So they distanced themselves from God and God had no choice but to restrict them from the eternal life that was theirs and from the intimacy they shared. The prophet Joel saw in the distance that one day God would reverse this curse. In the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all people and they would take back the intimacy they once shared with God and be saved out of destruction and back into eternal life. Notice the inclusivity of this outpouring. Young and old, male and female, slave and freed, all sorts of people would have God's spirit poured out on them and they would be able to prophesy, speaking God's word into a cursed world. Peter stands up and speaks out and claims this day as that day. This is the day when the Holy Spirit wraps everyone who wants one in a big bear hug. My son Jude is on the verge of walking, but at the moment he just lifts up his arms and expects someone to come along and pick him up and take him to where he wants to go and give him exactly what he wants. This is what God does on a spiritual and much grander scale on Pentecost. On the cross, Jesus took the curse of Eden on himself and distanced himself from God the Father. But through Jesus' death, we are brought close to God. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fills God's people for the first time and the Spirit rests and remains on them for the first time. So friends, here's the second challenge for us today. Are we ready to let God wrap us in a Holy Spirit bear hug and take us where he wants us to go? Are we ready to let the Holy Spirit fill us so that God's spirit and our spirit are united? So we can see God's vision for the world, dream his dreams and speak his words of healing into a world that is still suffering from the curses of Babel and Eden. Peter, quoting Joel, tells us that we are living in the last days, the days between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. On the day Jesus returns, all who call upon his name will be saved. The church lives in a space between Jesus' first coming and his second, where empowered by God's spirit, we can speak words of life and salvation into a sick, hurting, restricted world. Coronavirus hasn't closed the church. 
It's reopened a church in the home of every disciple of Jesus. But here's something wonderful about Pentecost. You see, it's a first fruits festival. It's talking about the first fruits. The fullness of the kingdom of God is experienced at Pentecost, but it's not realized until Jesus comes home. Friends, we have so much to look forward to in Christ Jesus. We have a kingdom to proclaim right now. But we have a kingdom to look forward to in Christ Jesus when God reconciles the whole world in Christ Jesus and the curses of Babel and the curses of Eden and all curses of sin and death are reversed. So friends, whether you're part of Dolby Anglican, another church community, or even if you're not a Christian, it's time time for us to call on Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit and be part of God's rescue plan. It's time to stand up and speak life into the world around us. It's time to take back Sunday. And so, Lord, I pray for everyone listening to this podcast. Lord, help them to have their lives touched. Help them to be filled with your spirit and help them to take back Sunday, glorifying you with all they are. In Jesus' name. Amen.